Good morning, everybody. It's a Wednesday morning, a little bit cloudy, not as sunny as it was on Monday, but you know, a good day to be alive and a good day to pod with my fellow listeners. Uh, so hey, what a what a week! What a week starting out with the game ones, huh? Couple of upsets, and that's why I said this is basically like the uh, March Madness of NBA basketball because you've seen a lot of weird things happen. You've seen a lot of upsets. So uh, let's start with Monday of game one. Uh, let's see here. I wonder, I forgot what my record was. I think I maybe was wrong about one game, I think. Let's just go back and check the mark on Monday. So let's see. I said I had the Nuggets, Raptors, Celtics. Clip. Nope, I went undefeated. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, everybody won who I expected to win. Um, the Jazz and Nuggets game was by far the uh, – most entertaining, I'll say, because of the back and forth between uh, Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. You know, uh, Donovan Mitchell having 57 points, which was only four points shy of getting to, of tying the record Michael Jordan held back in the 80s when he scored a 61 against the Celtics. But man, uh, Donovan Mitchell, you know, played his heart out. But, you know, in the end, I think they ran out of gas in the overtime when Jamal Murray started to pick up and hit some clutch shots. But Struble, that was that was a great matchup and uh one of the better playoff games that we've seen from both teams. Uh so we we see at uh the Nuggets and the Jazz both being younger teams, you know, deucing out, trying to get a win, trying to advance and show that they're uh of the elite with the teams. So, you know, that was a good game to watch. Uh, Raptors and Nets, uh, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really uh, watch this one because I kind of figured that the Raptors would uh, have this one under control. Uh, I, I watched a little bit, like maybe in the third quarter when I checked out the score and saw they had gotten to single digits, especially in the fourth quarter, but then the Raptors started to pull away. So I think that's going to be the theme of the series. You know, I think the Raptors are just going to uh, – the Nets are going to keep up as well as they can, but then the Raptors – death and the Raptors uh, coaching and everything will just uh, end up having them complete that sweep that I think will be a sweep. Maybe wrong. They may get one game. Uh, Celtics 76ers, uh, that was just a, that was a weird game to watch because it was just, uh, it didn't seem like it was a lot of balance to me, but it still was a great game per se. But it always felt like the Celtics would uh, have control. And the Celtics always get hit with a key injury before or during the playoffs. Uh, Gordon Hayward, if you didn't hear, uh, I think it was a ankle injury or something of that nature. It was some leg injury, lower lower body injury, to where he'll be uh, out for at least three weeks. So uh, we definitely wish him with the history of um, him hurting himself in the beginning of the 2018 season we definitely want to keep him in our thoughts because uh that was a scary injury so uh fortunately he'll be back in three weeks and fortunately and hopefully that the Celtics will uh still be in the playoff run still in uh three weeks uh so last but not least the Mavs and the Clippers uh you know that was a that's always was an entertaining matchup so uh, the Mavericks, you know, they're a younger team and, you know, they have been led by Luka and Porzingis, but Luka, you know, scored 42 points, the most out of anyone of the age of 21. So we've seen a lot of record breaking this bubble. You've seen a lot of, uh, like it's almost every other day, 
someone's breaking a record, someone's close to breaking a record, you know, and it's also been a lot of offense, as I should say, even from the heavily defensive-minded teams. So it was great to see uh, Luke, because I'm a, I'm a Luka fan, but I'm also a big Kawhi fan as well, you know, respect his game. I think he's the best mid-range shooter in the NBA currently, and he's most definitely a top five player in the league as well. So, but uh, the controversy that came with this is that, uh, and I've been thinking this way. I think the refs are too uh, whistle heavy, <laughs> if I can use that term. Uh, I think they're they're too they're not letting these players exert themselves enough, and then they're calling technicals or flagrants and stuff like that that don't really regard either, you know. And uh, some people think that they took Porzingis out, you know, to try to hurt. Dallas' chances of winning that game, you know, because Dallas was, Dallas was in control for that game for a good bit from the when they they went down by ten plus and then came back and it took an, a, a a surmountable lead, and then you know me going on Twitter seeing people say, oh, the refs are just uh, trying to make sure that uh, Dallas doesn't win this game, which <laughs> I, I sometimes believe, you know, given the nature of. Uh, how, you know, Ben and all that, you know, how most people think that Vegas runs sports uh, initially. So I was I was kind of uh, skeptical as well. But in, but in the end, I think it's just the refs need to ease up on the whistle. And as long as nobody being too disrespectful, even just tagging with warning, you know, it never hurts to do that. You tag them with a warning before handing out the technical because these players are basically here and trying to play their hearts out. And it's no... There's no reason to keep them out of the game if it's nothing that major. But, again, that's my opinion, so that's what I'm going to stick with. So, moving on to yesterday's games of uh, Game 1s. Big upsets uh, between uh, the, uh, Magic and Trailblazers, so I'll get to that. Uh, the Magic upsetting the Bucks. You know, and the, it's amazing what the Magic was able to do without even having their star player Aaron Gordon on the field or even Jonathan Isaac. So they're missing two key players that are based, that basically could clog up the lane. So I can only imagine what, <laughs> how they will be doing if they were able to have those bigs in at the time. But uh, the Magic, I, I really don't know that much about the Magic besides Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. And then, uh, you know, you have DJ Augustine. As well, but it's not really much I know about the Magic, but <laughs> they did enough to beat the number one seed in the East, and that was that was a bit amazing itself. And uh, Vucevic, hope I'm saying it right, leading the train with 35 points and then having 14 rebounds as well, so he had a good series. And Giannis Antetokounmpo having 31, but going 12 or 25 from the field. And I feel like uh, I feel like teams have now figured out. Milwaukee, you know, they're a good season team, but then get to the playoffs, and I think these teams have studied enough to know that Giannis is probably just a one-trick pony, and he just he just built and strong, and just attacks the lane most of the time. Because really, besides him attacking the lane, you know, he's not really a threat from three at all. He's not really a big mid-range guy, and he's uh, he's just a built accelerated. Person, I I I I'll call him a more accelerated and taller Westbrook. 
if you may, but even though Westbrook has a better mid-range, you know, better at handling the ball and stuff like that, just just my comparison, so not saying which one's better or the other, just my comparison, uh, if I could compare somebody who's smaller than he is. So it's going to be a real telling of how they'll react and how they'll come in game two, you know, so that'll be exciting to watch. Uh, Heat and the Pacers, this game went exactly how I expected it to as well. Um, close at the end, you know, a close game till the end. But uh, I think that the Heat have the Jimmy Butler, and I, I think Jimmy Butler is one of the better playoff performers in the league. Whenever he's on, he brings the energy and excitement to his uh, team to and then against the team that he's playing. So you can see that it's good to see uh, Jimmy Butler in the playoffs because uh, he, he's not really uh, regarded. He's not really... Uh, that well spoken of, but he can bring he can bring great energy. He can be a great scorer, and he can be a good defender. So, you know, I think he's one of the most slept on players that we've had in the league. And uh, so that was a good game to watch. Uh, Thunder and Rockets. Uh, I was surprised at how the <laughs> Rockets were able to handle themselves without even having one of their key players, Russell Westbrook. But it was just, it, it was a, it, it was an odd game to me because I felt that OKC would, you know, take the charge and maybe take advantage of that. But Harden, and like I say, Harden can have the most quiet 30 to 40 point games because he had, uh, I believe it was 37. Let's just don't quote me on that. Let me check real quick. Oh, Harden, Harden. Yeah, 37. He had 37 points, you know, accompanied by the next score being Eric Gordon with 21. So we're seeing that that small ball is working because before when they, they got rid of Capella and said we're going to run more of a small ball, people said, well, what are you thinking? You can't run a small ball league. But I guess they figure if it worked for the Warriors, it can work for them as well. So it'll be... If this is like I said, this is without Russell Westbrook, so I can only imagine when Russell Westbrook comes and that's adding another twenty to thirty points as well. That's going to be scary in itself. So uh, won't call the series over yet. I mean, of course, it's never over till it's over, but it's just telling of how uh, just good the Rockets have performed with the small ball. And last but not least, what I think was the biggest upset of the whole playoff so far were the Blazers and the Lakers. And, you know, it was, you know, I, I've been scrolling through Twitter the past two weeks. Uh, Charles Barkley, excuse me, Charles Barkley has said that he's taking Portland to beat the Lakers and he's taking Portland to the championship. And people are like, there's no way Portland doing that. But I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the way that uh, Portland is playing right now and they've been, they've been in playoff mode since they came to the bubble. You know, the Lakers, basically, they had gotten the one seed and had just, uh, you know, taken their foot off the gas, and I, I figured we're just resting everything. So it, it was interesting to see them uh, not bow down and not just be happy to get there, but they're still playing with that same fire and passion they had to get in. And you can't really discredit a team for that, you know. Even And, and let's give kudos to, as I say, to Damian Lillard, because he has led that team to new heights that I think they didn't even think they could do. 
because no one expected Portland to win game one or to win any games like they did last uh, this whole bubble. But here they are, you know, claim game one. And I think that with the Lakers, I, I believe that they're, I don't know what Frank Vogel's doing because I think that he's not utilizing the players they should have. I know that Rondo's injured, but, you know, he has Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith and all of them on the bench, and he had didn't play them. Because I was sitting there, I was like, if Waiters injured, if J.R. Smith injured, like, you acquired these players, but you're not using them. And you're giving Caruso, who's a decent six-man, but, I mean, he's not better than Deion Waiters, in my opinion. It's like, what, what, like how are you doing your starting lineups? As we see in this bubble, matchups and lineups matter. So it didn't really make sense to me. If you needed more scorers, you could have put Deion Waiters in. And, and having Waiters, I think that's at least a good 10 to 15 points a game, maybe 20, that you're getting out of your bench player. And, uh, you know, LeBron, I think LeBron's been a little passive, but he's also trying to give others an opportunity to score. And he's trying to set up his score. But then, you know, the threes weren't falling. You know, I think they were, I think they shot basically 36% from the field as a whole. And they had started out 0 of 8 from the three-point line. And it's just like, you, you can't win games in this league not shooting well from three. That's just the nature of the beast, you know. I mean, uh, it's just how the game has transitioned. So I really think that they have to figure something out on their three ball uh, soon. Because uh, as we know, Portland, Portland can kill you from three. I mean, Damian Lillard shooting threes from the logo. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy how good they've become. The league has become with their three-point skills, you know. So I think the, the Lakers have to, have to find a way to adjust, have to find a way to keep Portland from hitting those threes. But, you know, instead of being too amazed, I mean, just I'm, I'm happy, you know, for I'm, I'm taking the Lakers to win it all, but also I'm happy for Damian Lillard. And I'm happy for Carmelo Anthony, especially, you know, especially with Melo hitting clutch threes and the success he's having. You know, it's been great to see. You know, uh, it's great to see. It's great to see competitive basketball and competitive playoffs. I think that's what uh, we lacked for a couple of years. And now we've seen it last season a little bit, but now it's coming to a full force this year. You know, and also uh, LeBron James uh, setting a record of having over 20 points over, and over 15 rebounds and assists a game. So I think that, uh, but, you know, nobody cares about those feats if you don't win, but it's still a feat in itself. You know, LeBron at his 15th year just being finding ways to affect the game and be a big player. But I think LeBron's going to have to realize that we're going to need more 30 to 40-point games from him this season if the Lakers have a chance to rebound and play better tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow against uh, the Portland Trailblazers because if they go down 2-0, I think it's going to be a huge problem. But we'll see. Uh, It's it's definitely an interesting storyline. It's going to be interesting to see for the next few days how it all unfolds. So... I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. Just a little quick summary of what's been going on in the NBA world. As always, stay safe and as always, enjoy Potter with y'all. Peace.